재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. Each week at this time, we do a feature called TOS on TBS. The TOS stands for Time Out Soul, a magazine full of ideas for spending your free time creatively. And I'm joined now by one of the editors of that magazine, Hana Yoon. This week, she's telling us about an experience that's hopefully once in a lifetime only, and the later the better, an experience that marks the end of your life. Hana, I'm going to let you do all of the explaining on that. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Kurt. Um, so I got interested in this experience because I had read about it in several other publications. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the death experience. Okay. Have you heard of it before? I have. Um, I remember articles cropping up on this uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. really. And um, I, various publications have taken their crack at it. it it's a very serious little experience. Right. Uh, it's quite, it's a little bit macabre and deliberately mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but let's walk through it. Yeah, I I was curious about it because they kept describing it as bizarre. Mm. So, I mean, the wor- more that people worded it that way, it seemed like, oh, do people actually do this? Sure. And I was a little bit curious about if I could actually, because none of the articles I had read were about people actually going to experience it. It was written from a very objective point of view. Yeah. And I wanted to see how their experience would be like for me if I had tried it. Well, let's. Th- this this comes from a very dark statistic, this whole thing. Uh, the Korea, South Korea, is always at the top right. or near the top in terms of the OECD, in terms of suicide rates. And this is an attempt to reach out to people and get them thinking differently about life before even any dark thoughts can, can reach them in that way. Right. Right? Well, uh, I think according to the OECD, we actually rank the first. The first, number um, one. And there's an average of 29.1 suicides per every 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a topic I would want to make light of. And, um, you know, growing up, I have thought about suicide a lot in the sense that, like, my father was a pastor mm-hmm. and I grew up in church where you talk a lot about death, you know, and, you know, talk a lot about being forgiven for all the things you do. But the one thing that you will never be forgiven for, as far as I learned in church, was if you commit the biggest sin against God, which is to commit suicide. Yeah, well, so, com- commit it's basically a murder, basically, right, and it's right. on the same level. Right. Um, so I was always, I kind of had, you know, a lot of curiosity about that, which is, I think, what led me to, um, led me to try to want to do this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me about what actually happens, and mm-hmm. that's a little bit of what I want to talk about sure. today. Well, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. let's just uh, give the the overall umbrella picture. The death experience is a chance to approximate the, the sensations of right, your own right. death, right? It's a mock funeral experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you pretend to die uh, in order to increase your desire to live. That's a good. Way uh, to put it. And um, the founder of the place that I visited, which was the Hyowon Healing Center, uh, they call it Heal Dying. Right. Heal Dying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so to walk you through the process a little bit, uh, first you uh, go there and you fill out this form with your name, age, and occupation. And then you take a portrait photo for uh, 
kind of like to present at your funeral. Sure. And in a Korean funeral, it's uh, usually a, a birth of flowers with the photo right at the center. Right, right. The photo of the deceased is very, mm-hmm. very important in a Korean style funeral. Right. Um, and uh, there are these forms that you have to fill out with your age name, but I think that's more for official reasons. Mm. Actually, the forms are only in Korean, but I, w- I wanted to know if any foreigners had tried it. And they said actually like several people had come mm. with their Korean friends. Mm. So they've seen like Japanese tourists, Korean tourists, American tourists, Europeans. And I, I was surprised that that many people had kind of found their way to come here, mm. you know, because I didn't think to do it any earlier either um so they are welcome to join for the experience even if they can't understand the exact words of what you know uh the right. yeah the founder his name the one that led us through this process his name is uh mr Chung Chung yong moon mm. right uh so he was the one that led us through the seminar so you get like a 30-minute seminar about uh, death and suicide. It goes through some of the statistics that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of, he goes through, he asks you a variety of questions like, um, you know, is having a good job that important? Do you really lack the necessities of life? Like, is Korea really such a terrible country to live in? Uh, does it matter to you that you haven't done well in school? And then there's a large, large focus on spending more time with family. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you stay so late in the office when you could spend more time with family? Yeah. Um, Are you playing a game that's worth winning with your life? Right, yeah. right. Um, so, you know, he wants you, he asks you to kind of reconsider the things that you haven't considered before. And I remember at the seminar where I went, he asked someone next to me, like, hey, when's the last time you told your wife that you love her? Hmm. You know, like, how come you don't say that more often? Like, don't you love your wife? Um, I, you make me think of a little story. You know, Koreans tend to be very conservative. A uh, long time ago, I was here with a team and we were interviewing then-President Kim Dae-jung. Uh, and uh, uh-huh. one of the questions was, how did you react when you got your Nobel Prize? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, my wife and I are Koreans, so we never hug. But I had to hug her that day. Uh, <laughs> you know? I just always remember that uh-huh. in my mind about how conservative Koreans are about expressing uh-huh. emotions. Right, right. And it was a like quite elderly Korean man and... Um, you know, there were the group that I was with, there were students, there were the elderly, and there were people my age as well. Uh, so during the seminar, you do see some people like start to shed some tears. Uh, and then there's a break and you pick up your portrait photo, which had been taken before. Uh, it's framed and then you there's a line sheet of paper for like um, what will be your will or mm. your last testament. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, you're led into this room, uh, and you can see in the room that there are many coffins. You take off your shoes, uh, you sit down next to a coffin with a pen. Uh, there's kind of a, another short lecture, and mm. then he encourages you to, the founder of the organization, this particular one, encourages you to, you know, write your last will and testament. Okay. Uh, I wrote mine in English, so he didn't. Uh, ask me to read mine aloud. Okay. But people can volunteer to read their aloud. Right. That must not be easy at all. Oh, uh, it's not. And like, you know, there are a lot of people that like when they're reading it, you know, maybe it's the first time they've ever expressed those emotions. Their emotions must crack. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people seeking that place out for real, you know, 
maybe they're going through a hard time, uh-huh. you know. And when you're going through a hard time, to think about anything like that might be very difficult for you. So there are a lot of people crying while reading their letters out loud. Yeah. Um, and, you know, very touching stories that you get to, you know, like they're strangers to you, but they do impact you, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, like, I'm sorry we fought or I'm sorry, you know, a lot of I'm sorry or I'm sad. Mm kind of things um and then you know you're given that time to write it now this is i think uh kind of what's advertised or what's shown the most sure is uh the part of being in the coffin yeah so you you finished writing your will and testament you finished you reading it out loud read it, you've read it to the room mm-hmm. and now it's time to get down to real business um he's the coffin that you've been sitting next to writing is now your coffin Right. At first, you step inside, you sit down in the coffin, and he says, like, you know, imagine this is the last moment of your life. Mm. Like, who are you going to think about? What are you mm-hmm. going to regret? You know, what are the things you're most sorry you didn't get to do? Mm. Right? Because, you know, that's death. This is over. Right? And then um, you lay down in the coffin, and then someone closes it on top of you. Um And then I thought that part was a little bit scary because you're all... You're, it's really dark in the coffin, and then someone dressed as um, the Tong Song Saja, right? So I guess that's the Korean version of the Green Reaper. Okay. Uh, they come and they they do this loud thud on the coffin so that there's a resonating loud noise mm, in the coffin. A bit of an echo, and I imagine the room is quiet enough for a pin yeah, to drop. Yeah. So. Actually, it hurts my ear. It hurt my ears a little bit mm. because, you know, you're in that tiny space and it's such a loud noise. Um, and I think that was the scariest part was like the noise hurting my ears. And then like, oh, am I going to have to be in this coffin with that noise for the next five minutes? That's the amount of time you spend, five minutes in the coffin? I think it varies depending on the group. That's my... Because it didn't seem like it was timed or anything. Mm. Um, so, you know... You think a little bit while you're there. What did you think of when your coffin was closed? I thought more about, like, I hope I don't get an anxiety attack. That's what I first thought. Yeah, claustrophobia or something like that. Yeah, but actually it was okay. I was... What I concluded after this was I consider myself a very anxious and paranoid person. Do you? Yeah, but I, I thought, like, oh... Actually, I dealt with things a lot better than I thought I would have. Mm. And I, I really did try to suspend my imagination and think that, you know. So you tried to immerse in the, in right, the, in the right. you weren't like, okay, this is interesting. I'm thinking of details to write down for the magazine, all that. No, no, no. You tried to immerse fully right. in the moment. And I had a per- personal interest in this. Like this topic is one that has crossed my life in several different ways. In, so, you know, I did really try to take it for real. Mm. But I think for me, I really couldn't relate to a lot of the things that were going on. Uh, this moment in the coffin, I did think I was a lot more positive than I thought I would have been. Because okay. I consider myself to be a very negative person. But in the coffin, I thought, like, you know, um, I was very thankful more than I was sorry. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, thankful for the things you got to do, do for your family right. members. Uh-huh. And I didn't have as many regrets as I thought I would have previously. Um, But you wake up from this coffin and um, you're born to a new life. He says, like, congratulations, now you have a new life. And, you know, a lot of people are, um, they're crying and they're, 
Just to be very clear, you, you know, you hear the phrase born again or something like that. Mm. This is a non-sectarian experience, right? right? This right. is not they a Christian or a... They don't make it a religious experience at all. For me personally, because I have a religious background, I couldn't help but to relate a lot of it mm. to some of the things I had learned at church. Okay. But it's not necessarily a religious experience. I would say a lot of people would consider it a spiritual experience, but it's not... It doesn't belong to one particular religion okay. or another. So it's not going to violate anybody's religion mm-hmm. per se. So your your coffin is opened. You're told you have awakened to a new life. Right. He shows you, uh, so the founder, Mr. Chung, he shows you a short video on the life of Lena Maria. Uh, so do you know who she is? I do not. She's a, Swedish, she's a Swedish woman who was born with no arms and one functional foot. So in this video, you see her, like, she swims, she drives a car, she cooks. Mm. And at the end, she sings Amazing Grace actually in Korean. Uh, wow. So, like, a lot of people are watching that. And, like, the point is, you know, like, look at all the things you can do with your life. Right? There's a book. I can't remember the title of it, but it's by a guy in the U.S., who has no arms and no legs. And mm-hmm. for his life, he's never mm-hmm. had them. And it's a very similar kind of thrust, you know. What's your excuse? You know, right. Look at right. me. Look right. at how what I made right. of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, those portions of the experience I really appreciated. Mm. You know, because you know, whatever problem I can have in my life is a first world problem. You know, like I try to remind myself of that from time to time. You know, like, of course, I think my va- problems are valid. You know, um, you know, like I go through my own existentialist crisis. I wonder if I'm doing enough for the world. I get um, very anxious about whether there's bacteria on the doorknob, yeah. things like that. But, you know, um, I do try to remind myself like, hey, life is pretty good. You know, like I was really blessed. Those are tri- things I try to remind myself quite regularly and I really appreciated those portions of the experience I think when he was like hey you should smile more it's more uh it will do more for your life if you smile than if you do well in school okay I'm curious what the room sounded like when the coffins all opened up and people have been five minutes uh and they've written their will and they've spent five minutes to themselves essentially being dead Mm -hmm. uh was there a lot of tears was there a lot of relief or what what was the emotional vibe in the room I think it was it was sort of the tension had gone, but it was because I did I did have several critiques of the experience. You know, like um I didn't like cueing sad music and then, you know, uh encouraging people to like let's have this moment of sadness. I didn't like yeah. um I didn't like that it felt sort of You were being cued to right, emote at right, the right times. Right. Yeah. Um and Personally, for me, there was a huge focus on family, right? Like, spend more time with your family. Like, call your mother more. Um, things like that. And I personally couldn't relate to it as much mm. um, because I do think that there are, you know, I don't think I should... Me me too, I don't think I should spend so much time at work because I'm a little bit of a workaholic. Mm. Um, but I thought there should have been a little bit more focus on like, hey, the world is a beautiful place. There are so many things to do and there are so many things um, that you are capable of. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that focus a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, like ask yourself what you really want or like what your childhood dreams were. Uh, you know, why don't you pursue those things? I thought it could have done a little bit more of that okay. as opposed to like spend more time with your family. Yeah. 
And I did think, like, what if someone who doesn't really have a family went to the seminar? Mm. Like, what would they think? Mm. So did you get a chance to talk to those around you that were had the same experience? Uh, yes, but, like, it was hard. Well, I did. I went with my Korean coworker, mm-hmm. and she said that she couldn't relate to it as much because she's also a very expressive person, and she's very close to her family. Uh, so she couldn't relate to it. And my Korean coworker, what she didn't like were, like, um, it wasn't seamless. So uh, the videos that showed they showed during the thing, they were kind of fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technology wasn't, like, it wasn't flawlessly moved from one thing to another. She thought it was a little bit rude to ask such personal questions in front of such a big group. Interesting. Uh, so, like, you know, asking that man, like, when's the last time you told your wife you loved her? Like, she didn't think that was polite. Hmm. Um, I understand in like something like a group therapy setting, I guess it would happen. So I was a little bit more like, I didn't think that was as bad, especially because we're never going to see these people again. Like we're never going to see each other again, really. You know what I can picture this experience as, um, you know, you, you've, you've laid it out as a self-contained kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be an excellent conclusion to like a one or two day seminar on appreciating life, you know, where you, this group got to know each other very well through like various, you know, therapy Mm. sessions or group talks Mm. or things like that. To me, it seems a little bit rushed, you know, Uh, come in, watch the video, lie down in the coffee, go in, you know. um, It was 90 minutes long for me. That's that's very short. For me, I thought I personally, because I I didn't, I didn't have a need to be there. um, But for me, I thought it was a little bit long, but I but I want to say that there are many different types of programs like this. Okay. So, I mean, this is one particular program in Seoul that I went to, but there are many t- different types of these programs. And I heard that there is even one where the coffins are actually in the ground. Oof. And uh, what they do is they give you the sound of, instead of that thump, they give you the sound of the soil being uh, covered <laughs> over your coffin. Now, that's and, a good, that's going to give me claustrophobia right, right there. Right, and I don't think that that's something that I could have handled. Yeah. Uh, I think that would have really scared me. Um, do you feel better for having done this? I only feel better in the sense, and I don't want to knock it to those people that were actually having a hard time, mm. right? I only feel better in the sense, like, I think there was a time and place in my life where this would have affected me a lot greater than it did now. Yeah. And I realized I'm not in that time and place now. Yeah. And that I'm doing a lot better than I previously was or had once had been in my life. You think something like this would be appropriate for teens? So actually, another friend of mine, she messaged me yesterday to say that she had actually done it when she was 14. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I can't imagine what it's like to have done it so young. Mm. Um, and I could imagine that, you know, especially 14 is a very vulnerable time. So, you know, I think it could mean different things for different people at different yeah. points of their life. Yeah. And some of my friends, we did have this like sort of ha, they did have this sort of ha ha thing with me. Like, oh, how was it? Was it really so bizarre? Mm. But I don't. I had a lot of critique about it, but I don't want to knock it for anyone who wants to try it or who might feel like they need it. Yeah. You know, um, I do think it can be very different for the individual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very s- serious stuff. You can make your own decision as to whether this is something that uh, would help you make some kind of emotional breakthrough, but uh, very weighty kind of experience. I, you will definitely leave reflecting, it sounds like. Hannah, thank you for telling us all about it. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. And that will bring TOS on TBS to a close, as well as today's edition of Koreascape. 
The show is produced by Christina Saul with associate production by Jamie Lee. GP1 is our writer. I'm Kurt Asian. Remember to follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Koreascape, one word. Before we head out today, we're going to take a listen to Hansok Yu's Christmas in August. Palore Christmas, right? That's the name of it. It comes from the 1998 film of the same name in which the protagonist expects to encounter his own death in the coming winter. And so he decides to celebrate Christmas early, Christmas in August. Enjoy. Thank you. 